From the blaze of emergency response to the beacon of security and retirement, this is the Atlas Annuity Podcast with your host, Marty Becker. Strap in, folks. Marty isn't your ordinary retirement planner. He's the financial firefighter who swapped his helmet for a headset to bring you the hottest safe money strategies in retirement without an ounce of burn. From guarding lives in the face of flames, Marty now shields your savings from the unpredictability of the stock market. He's the president, the owner, and annuity expert at Atlas Financial Strategies. Here's your host, Marty Becker. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number five of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. This is Marty Becker, and I am your host and the owner of Atlas Financial Strategies in St. Louis, Missouri. In today's episode, we are doing a continuation from episode number four, where we dispelled the myth that the annuity company is keeping any of the profits above the cap or the participation rates. Now, we had talked about how the annuity company uses the premium that is brought into the company to buy investment-grade bonds, and then they split that return into three separate places. And again, this is a very simplistic view of what happens behind the scenes, but those three areas that they split the money from their returns is number one, their operating cost. Number two, their personal profit for the company. And then number three, an options budget. Now the options budget is where your opportunity to earn interest credits on your money comes into play. We got into a lot of details in the last episode on what an options budget is and how the call options work uh, to not only provide you with the opportunity for growth, but how it also protects your money from a market downturn. So if you have not listened to episode four, stop right now and go back and listen to it because it'll help everything that we're going to talk about in this episode make a lot more sense. Okay, so how are the caps and the participation rates actually set using this options budget? In the last episode, we used an example of the annuity company getting a total return of 5% on their investments into the investment-grade bonds. They would take 2% of that return for their operating cost and their profit for themselves And now they have 3% left over to help benefit their clients with growth opportunities. And the annuity company wants to provide you with the most growth opportunity possible. Their profitability has nothing to do with that options budget or how any of the indexes actually perform. So their focus is to give you the best deal possible because there's a lot of competition in the annuity world. In this example, you could either choose to get the 3% guaranteed return if you don't think the indexes are gonna perform in a positive manner, or you can choose to track an index for the chance to get a higher gain. And they will let you make this decision every year. Now again, just as a reminder, This is just an example, these numbers that I'm giving, because right now interest rates are really high. So this is not an advertisement for rates or guaranteed returns or anything like that. This is strictly for educational purposes. 
so you understand how all of this works. The rates could be higher or lower at the time that you actually are listening to this podcast. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen right now for those of you that are watching this podcast and give you a visual example of how this all comes together. Okay, so going back to our example, the annuity company has a 3% budget to buy these call options. And let's just say it's $3. So $3 for every $100 of premium they get through the door. But what if that call option costs $8? How are they supposed to do that? Because that's a terrible business model. If they have $3 to spend, but they're consistently spending $8, they would be out of business very quickly. And an early mentor of mine told me, there are no deals in the insurance industry. Everything is based on math. So the insurance companies uh, slash annuity companies, they are not in the business of losing money. So how do they make all this work? So if they have $3 to spend, but the call option costs $8, what they do is they will purchase that $8 call option, okay? But because they only had $3 to spend, what they do is they turn around and sell a second call option to a counterparty for $5. So now they've recouped the money that they came out of pocket for. This all revolves around something called a strike price. And the strike price is basically the beginning value of the index. So let's say the beginning value of the index is 100. So what they're going to do is they're going to turn around because they need to recoup that $5. They're going to sell a second call option with the beginning strike price of 105. So basically someone else, a counterparty, is gonna buy that option for a cheaper cost, but the index has to go higher than what it would have to with the original call option that the annuity company bought. So in this example right here, the annuity company bought the original call option for $8, and anything that goes above 100 would be considered a profit. But because they have to make the $5 back, they turn around and sold the second call option to the counterparty for that $5. But now it has to go above 105. And that is exactly how a cap rate is set. So there's a 5% spread between what they could pay for it and what it costs. They regain that 5% spread by selling it to someone else at a cheaper price, but they have to wait for the index to get even higher than the annuity company does, or for, in this instance, for you. In this example, the way it works is that anything between a, an ending strike price, so 12 months from when your annuity was issued, anything between 100 and 105, you keep the full value of that. Anything above 105, the counterparty keeps all of that. Now, how much did the annuity company keep in this scenario? Nothing, literally zero. They get no benefit whatsoever from this call option budget right here. So that's how it would work if the index went above 105. Now, what happens if the index only goes to 104? over the next 12 months. You would keep 
the full 4% gain, and the counterparty would just let their call option expire and they wouldn't get anything. Now, what happens if the index goes below 100 over the next 12 months? All the call options expire and you just get a 0% return that year. So you didn't lose any money because the annuity company paid for the call option out of their options budget and the counterparty, we have nothing to do with them. They lost their option as well. So that's exactly how they determined a cap rate. Let's talk about participation rates because it's the exact same scenario with this 3% options budget and an 8% options cost. The math is exactly the same. All you would do to get your participation rate is you would take the options budget, divide it by the cost of the option, and in this scenario, your participation rate is 37.5%. If the index goes up 10%, you would get 3.75%. Now, a lot of people will say, that's terrible. If it goes up 10, I would rather have the cap and get five. Exactly. What I'm showing you here is an example of a what would be considered a very volatile index, something like the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. A good rule of thumb is the more volatile the index, the lower the caps and the participation rates are going to be. The lower the volatility of the index, the higher the caps and the participation rates are going to be. And this is why it's always good to consider some alternative indexes that have a lower volatility because your cap rates or your participation rates are going to be so much higher. Anytime you see an index that has the letters LC or ER or VC attached to it, those indexes are actually designed to be less volatile. So not only you're going to get a higher participation rate, you're probably going to get more consistent returns out of it. But not only that, when an index does have a volatility control component to it, the options costs are going to be a lot cheaper as well. And that's how you actually get a participation rate over 100%. So a good example of that is that same 3% options budget. Nothing has changed with the options budget. It's the exact same amount of money that the annuity company is going to spend on the call options. The only difference is the actual call options are cheaper because it's a volatility controlled index. If they have $3 to spend, but the option only costs $2.50, the annuity company isn't keeping that additional 50 cents. They're just buying you additional fragments of the call option. In that case, your participation rate would be 120%. So if the index goes up by 10%, you're actually going to get a 12% interest credit on your money. And at that point, you really need to ask yourself, what other financial instrument out there is going to give me a higher return than what the investment actually did? And it's going to give me downside protection to where I won't lose money if the value is actually lower than when you started? And the answer is really nowhere. You can only do this with a fixed indexed annuity. Upside potential, downside protection.
Nothing else can give that to you. Now, I guess you could teach yourself options trading, but you would be risking your own money on the options and you wouldn't be able to give yourself the cap that you need or the downside protection because the only way you can make that happen is the ability to sell a second option to a counterparty and you need a license to do that. But even if you could or you can, the vast majority of people do not have the stomach for that type of risk. And I'm one of them, especially when we're talking about money that has been saved for retirement. So now that you have an understanding of how these rates are set, there's one more very important topic that I want to discuss with you, and that's renewal rates. Because right now, common sense just dictates to me that some of you are listening to this and you just want to pick up the phone and call me and ask me what the highest caps or participation rates are available on something like the S&P 500. But now that we have determined how those caps and participation rates are actually set, we've also learned that the pricing of the option is out of the annuity company's control as time goes on. And that's why the rates could vary. If the options cost start to go up because people are betting that something like the S&P 500 is going to start increasing in value, the cost of those options are going to go up as well. So that part is totally out of the control of the annuity company. But that's where another really important factor comes in, and that's called the pricing. Some annuity companies are really good at doing their pricing. Others are not so good. And you'll see some really high like cap rates right now on the S&P 500. But I don't think those companies are going to be able to sustain those high cap rates. So it's not necessarily a bait and switch. I think they're giving you what they can actually afford right now. But over the long term, they're blowing their entire option budget to get you those cap rates today. Three, four years from now, those could drop dramatically. So what we would want to take into consideration is an annuity company that maybe has a lower cap rate or participation rate right now, but is going to be able to maintain that same rate throughout the duration of your term. I rather see you take a, a 9% cap on the S&P 500 right now versus a 12% cap and then see that thing drop to five or six several years down the road and take and just take the lower cap now and maybe only have that fluctuate by 1% or so. But that'll have to be a question you're going to ask yourself. Would you rather get the higher rate right now with a higher probability that it could drop somewhat significantly throughout the length of your term? Or would you rather take a little bit lower rate up front and know it's going to stay stable throughout your term? I know what my recommendation would be for you, but again, it's your money. I'm going to help you do whatever is fit for your situation. This is a lot of information and I know it's a lot of stuff to absorb. So I appreciate you hanging in there with me and we're just going to do a quick recap to go over the main points of what we talked about today. The annuity company takes your premium that comes through the door and they invest in long-term investment grade bonds.
Number two, their returns from their bonds cover their operating cost, their personal profit, and provides an option budget to give to their clients opportunities for growth. Number three, the cap rates and participation rates are determined by the cost of the call options. Number four, the annuity company does not keep the money above the cap rate or the participation rate. Number five, just a good rule of thumb, the more volatile the index, the lower the caps and par rates will be, and the more likely the caps and the par rates will change. Number six, FIAs are made possible by sophisticated investment strategies that you or I could not do on our own without taking on massive risk. And then number seven, how much of this stuff do you really need to understand to get the benefits of a fixed index annuity? And the answer is none of it. You don't have to understand anything that I just said to know that your money can be protected and still have market type opportunities for growth. But for those of you who have the curious mind and are engineers and very calculating and detailed oriented, you probably love this podcast. For those of you who could care less, again, I appreciate you hanging in there and taking the time to listen to this. Now, if you found this podcast helpful or you have any questions whatsoever, you can reach out to me by going to atlasannuity.com. That will take you directly to my calendar page so you can book a short phone call to get your questions answered. Very simple, very easy, no pressure. I'm a pretty laid back guy. In fact, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm a terrible salesman. I'm a good strategist, but I'm a terrible salesman because I don't have time to do follow-up calls and harass you and call you three, five times a week. Now, also at atlasannuity.com, you can navigate to all my other educational resources, including my video series, 20% More Spendable Income in Retirement. And if you have found this podcast helpful, please like this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, please share it with someone you think could benefit from it. So again, everybody, this is Marty Becker. Thank you again for listening to episode number five of the Atlas Annuity Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. All information presented is for educational purposes only and is not a recommendation to implement any tax strategy, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or transfer any security or insurance products. Atlas Financial Strategies Incorporated is an insurance-only licensed entity, and any decisions to buy or sell securities should be discussed with a licensed securities advisor, and any tax strategy should be discussed with a licensed tax professional. Past performance of any strategies or products mentioned are not a guarantee of future returns. For any other questions or concerns, please go to www.atlasannuity.com.